I am going to be doing the verses today. Um, first one is John 1, 1 through 5. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. The next one um, I will be reading is Psalms 98. <clears throat> Sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm have worked salvation for him. The Lord has made his salvation known and revealed his righteousness to the nation. He has remembered his love and his faithfulness to the house of Israel. All of the end of the earth has been the salvation of our God. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Burst into jubilant song with music. Make music to the Lord with the harp, and with the harp the sound of singing. With the trumpets of the blast of the ram's horn, shout for the joy before the Lord, the King. Let the sea surround everything in it, and the world, all who lives in it. Let the river claps their hands. Let the mountains sing together for the joy. Let them sing before the Lord, for he comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world in righteousness and the people with tranquility. And then the last reading is John 1, 9 through 14. The true light, I can find it again. The true light that gives light to every man was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the thought the world was made through him. The world did not recognize him. He came to that which with his own, but his own had didn't but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who receives him, to those who believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of nature descent, nor of human decision or a husband will, will, but born of God. The world became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory and the glory of the one and only who come from the Father full of grace and truth. Merry Christmas. Uh, Merry Christmas to those here, to those online. Um, a morning like none other. A uh, morning following a night where the angels sang to the shepherds. Uh, we sang many songs this morning already. We celebrate the birth of the Messiah. Um, the devotional I get on a daily basis, uh, today's verse was uh, Isaiah 9-6. And I'm going to read this. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. A beautiful morning, uh, regardless of where you may be. 
in warmer weather, in cold weather, wherever that is. Um, a wonderful morning. Christ is born. Our Messiah is here. Uh, Isaiah 52.1 says, How beautiful on the mountains are the feet are those who bring good news, who proclaim peace, who bring good tidings, who proclaim salvation, who say to Zion, Your God reigns. And so let us all be bringing that good news, knowing, claiming, our God reigns. Um, I, I've titled the sermon this morning, Sing for Joy, the Messiah is Here, for us to focus on the meaning of this well-known, frequently told, yearly told story that deserves to be retold, remembered, and then re-celebrated over and over again. Uh, the story in Luke 2, and um, likely you may have that as part of your family yearly rep, uh, uh, scenario for Christmas morning uh, as part of ours, is reading that Christmas story. Uh, from the King James Version, it says, And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed, and if you're reading from the NIV, in those days Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. And I'm willing to bet that many of you could take that first verse and pretty much recite the next 19 by memory. Because we've told that story over and over again. We know the story. We've heard it. We've read it. It's an old story. Um, I have right here a sheet of my writings and some printing of titles of books that I've read in the past. I, I enjoy fiction. Um, some of my favorite authors, Robert Ludlum, John Grisham, Lee Child, David Baldacci, Jeffrey Deaver. Um, and, and this is a list that I started probably 25 years ago, because there was a, I forget if it was Christmas break or spring break, but I had gone to the library and picked up about two or three books, sat down, started reading, and about the fourth or fifth page started realizing, okay, I've read this one before. <laughs> and I don't want to read it again. So there's a wonderful website called Fantastic Fiction that I found years ago. And so I've got my list, and I check off books that I've read, and I add to that list by hand. I don't want to read an old story. I've read that one before. So I needed a different book, a new storyline. And yet for Christmas, we come back to the same story, and we should. Um, this is a story that we tell in Luke 2 that is so different than any of these. These are all fiction. The story we tell in Luke 2, the story that we retell, is truth. It's a wonderful story that is wonderful, it is glorious, it is humbling, it is inspiring, and it continues to live on. It's not just a story you tell one time and be done with. Uh, this past week, 
uh, one of the d emails I get is from Lifeway Research, same company that uh, has done our, our uh, gospel project and curriculum. Um, the, the email commented on the nature of the, Christian, or the Christmas story being repetitive from year to year and the temptation that pastors have to feel pressure to come up with something different, especially on Christmas Day, like today. And their wording was this, said, we may feel some pressure to come up with a new angle, find a never before discovered nugget of truth or dive into our creative trunk of tricks and pull out something that will wow the church. And then their immediate follow-up to that was, whatever you do, please do not attempt that. Tell the story to remind us again of what God has done to rescue us by his amazing grace and for eternal glory. Tell the story again to crush every idol of our hearts and to exalt Jesus to his rightful place as King of Kings. And the last song that our praise team sang, praise forever to the King of Kings. That's why we tell the story. So in short, tell the good news and celebrate God's goodness to us. Now, will there be new insights? Will there be new revelations that we have and that God provides as we read the story again? Well, yeah, I'm hoping that happens. I'm hoping that happens on a daily basis, that God reveals more and more truth to us in all of the scripture. But the same story, this is the same word of God, the same God who has been, currently is, and forever will be the one and only creator of this universe. That story is what needs to continue to be told. Now, with the bricks and some of the things that we've done the last weeks, we have used some creativity to display and symbolize restoration. And I thank Willie and Mick for their parts as being our shepherd. And they're going to be up here the next couple weeks yet as well. So we see them a couple more times, continuing to tell the story, what that restoration will mean. And we've seen these bricks go from a shambles of bricks, just a pile, to becoming a restored wall. And our lives, many times, can seem like that mess. Not neatly organized, not very pretty, a complete disarray. And that's where Jesus comes in. That's where God has reached down and he restores his children. Now, the, the two bricks over there, uh, we, we leave resentment, we leave bitterness out, not putting them as part of our restoration. We embrace the healing that is part of our restoration. We maintain expectation for the Spirit to be moving in our hearts, for God to be moving in our lives. We need to take the fear and the courage that is combating that and use that gift of God to have courage, to be courageous in him and his strength. And then with this last brick from today, we need to recognize one last thing. Jesus is the one that caps this all off. 
And that's our celebration for today. Jesus the Messiah is born. Jesus is here. Now, how many of you had seen this brick up here in previous weeks? Anybody see the Jesus brick? We had the others. This brick has been here the whole time. It's been here the whole time. Not fully revealed, but it's been here, ready to complete the process of restoration. That's what Jesus does. So, so what is the story for Christmas that I want to bring today? Well, I'm going to highlight three things, kind of simple things that go right directly to what Dawn read with the scripture today. Encouraging, challenging, a blessing, um, the goodness of God. First, uh, from what John, uh, from Dawn, Dawn's reading in John 1, 1 through 2, she read, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Just like this brick being up here, Jesus has always been in existence. He is God. Uh, John 10, 30, Jesus declared very clearly, I and the Father are one. The same heart, the same mind, the same love, Compassion, the same wisdom, judgment, and insight, the same oneness of being. Uh, there was a recent article that I read um, from Lifeway Research written by senior writer Aaron Earls that was entitled, Clearing Up Christmas Confusion, Jesus' Birth, Not His Beginning. And the article referred to a 2021 uh, survey in which 41% of Americans that took this survey say that they believe that Jesus existed before his birth in Bethlehem. Now, turn that. That means that there's 59% of these poll takers who believe that God created Jesus, that Jesus did not exist until Bethlehem. 59%. That's what they believe was his first existence. And so my question for, for us and them that, that believe that, um, what about John 1, 2? He was with God in the beginning. And verse 3 is even stronger. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. So not only was Jesus with God, Jesus had a hand in that creation process. And a quote from that article says, Jesus came to earth as a baby in Bethlehem. He did not begin to exist at that time. He already was. He was God. He was with God. And then God was sent to earth. So just like the Jesus brick, Jesus reveals himself, but he has always been here. Um, continuing with John, 4, or, uh, John 1, 4 and 5. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. The law that the children of Israel were following was a law of rules. Law that was necessary and needed. But in Exodus 19, 5 through 6, God told them, Now if you obey me fully and keep my covenant then out of all the nations you will be my treasured possession. 
Although the whole earth is mine, you will be for me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. But they sinned, and we sin. The law was flawed, just like we are flawed. We can't live up to that law. Hebrews 7, 18 and 19 says, The former regulation is set aside because it was weak and useless, for the law made nothing perfect. And a better hope is introduced by which we draw near to God. And that process of perfection is Jesus coming to earth. That's where it starts. Emmanuel means God with us. Well, is that what we truly believe? God with us. So the light of the world, the power of salvation for eternity, that process, God coming to earth, was in the manger. So when we tell the story of the baby in the manger, do we see God lying there? I think we should. Not just a little baby. That is God coming incarnate. A humble and loving God. Personal, intimate. To save us from our sins in an intimate and a personal manner. That story is more than just the manger. That's where it begins. But what a story of love. Second, from Psalms. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Burst into jubilant song with music. Make music to the Lord with the harp, with the harp and the sound of singing, with trumpets and the blast of the ram's horn. Shout for joy before the Lord, the King. Let the sea resound and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. Let the rivers clap their hands. Let the mountains sing together for joy. Let them sing before the Lord. And in the Luke 2 story that we tell, we read the angel appearing to the shepherds, telling them, fear not, for I bring you good news that will cause great joy. This is a story of joy. Not just for today, but for tomorrow and the weeks and the years to come. Um, I've got to believe that the shepherds, when the angel came, they were either screaming for fear or they were frozen with fear. One or the other. So the angel knows that, recognizes that. Says, fear not. Relax. I've got great news. So the shepherds can calm down a little bit. And then the, the angel gives them just enough time, a little bit of that explanation. And then there's a great multitude of heavenly hosts joining the angel and singing and I've got to imagine that the shepherds all of a sudden were overcome again fearful what's happening noise and confusion and then the angels left them and everything's quiet and Willie did a great job as the shepherd envisioning okay, now what do I do what did I just hear now I'm going to go and see what has been told to me. But I've got to see, a, there's a contrast. There's fear. There, there's something weird happening. There's noise. And then there's quiet. So the shepherds, they make their trip to the manger. They find Mary and Joseph. And they are the first to see the Messiah. Messiah. 
They're the first to have the opportunity to worship and to tell the story that we tell in Luke 2. They're the first ones to live and then tell that story. And in the following verses, we're told that the shepherds go out and they spread the word. They're glorifying and praising God for all they had seen and heard. I think they were joyful. I think they heard the phrase joy, and that's what they were experiencing and taking right then. And I've got to imagine that the shepherds were participating in that joy a little bit different than what Mary was. Mary pondered things in her heart. I don't think the shepherds were quiet. And again, Willie said it pretty well. They needed to tell somebody. It's the middle of the night. I think they were excited. How many households do you think that they woke up as they headed out of Bethlehem talking loudly about what has just happened? They're telling their story. They're joyful. Two Sundays ago, we closed our worship service singing, Go Tell It on the Mountain. And today we're going to sing Joy to the World. Uh, The two go together. Sing it loudly. Sing it with joy. Uh, The English Standard Version, ESV of the Bible, mentions joy, joyful, or rejoice 430 times. Do you think that joy and excitement are part of the story that God wants us to be experiencing and sharing? I, I think so. We're called to tell others this story about joy with engagement, with excitement, with repetition. Every Christmas season, each and every year, and to hear it anew, to be reminded God is the one that came down in the form of Jesus. And there is joy to experience today and in the future. Third, the last part of what, uh, what Dawn read in John 1. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. And, and that right there encapsulates why Jesus came to earth. Why God came in the form of Jesus. Why God loves us. Why Jesus is looking to forgive and, be, and have us become his children. We, he wants us to experience that relationship with him. The restoration of his people. We become children of God as we accept and claim him as our Messiah. In John eleven twenty five, this has been years after the manger, Jesus walking this earth as God said, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live, even though they die, and whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Jesus came as a baby in the manger, but he did not stay there. He taught, he healed, he revealed himself to his disciples, he revealed God to all of those who would listen and hear his word. He gave of himself. For this world. He died and he rose again from the grave. John 1.14 says the word became flesh. And made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory. The glory of the one and only son. Who came from the father. 
full of grace and truth. John was writing, John and the other disciples personally saw the word of God living, speaking, walking this earth. And that's why we, just uh, that's why they, I should say the disciples, couldn't keep themselves quiet, just like the shepherds. The shepherds weren't going to stay quiet. The disciples were not going to stay quiet. We're not called to be quiet. Tell the story, the wondrous story of Christ's love. They were impacted by their Lord and their Messiah. Not by him being in the manger. The disciples knew him as the word of God walking. The greatest story ever told is the title of a movie that was released in 1965. Um, an all-star cast, Charlton Heston, Pat Boone, Angela Lansbury, some others. The greatest story ever told, the story of Jesus Christ going from birth through resurrection and all the way through the ministry. The story of Christmas this day goes beyond just that birth in the manger. The shepherds told their, uh, their part. The disciples told their part. Are we preparing to tell our part where God has come to us personally? So I believe that you know, the, the title that I gave for the uh, sermon today is a part of every day. Not just saying, sing for joy, the Messiah is here on Christmas Day. But a week from now. A year from now. Every single day we wake up, sing for joy, because for this day, the Messiah is here. Walking with us. Living with us, guiding us. Ann Wilson and Josh Turner uh, released a song this October called The Manger. And I'm going to read the, the lyrics for that. Um, it's titled The Manger, but it doesn't stop there. So here's the verses and, and the, the uh, refrain a couple times. They're putting decorations up in front of my old church. The shepherds and the wise men and the hay. There's Joseph and his Mary looking down at heaven's birth and the angels saying, don't you be afraid. It makes me stop and think about how you showed up down here in a humble bed made of nails and wood. You could have picked a palace, something more fit for a king. But then the story wouldn't be as good. From the highest of the high to the lowest of the low, that table, or that stable, tells a story of the distance that you will go. For the lonely and the lost, there's no sinner too far gone to find a savior lying in the manger. There's a star up in the sky that's calling all the least of these. Come make your way to where your hope is found. If I'm honest, some days I feel too far out of reach, but the manger reminds me. Love reached down. You were carried by a manger, and then 33 years later, by a rugged cross made with nails and wood, 
and the tears fill up my eyes, you didn't have to give your life. But then the story wouldn't be as good. From the highest of the high to the lowest of the low, that stable tells a story of how far you will go. For the lonely and the lost, there's no sinner too far gone to find a savior lying in the manger. There's no sinner too far gone to find a savior, our Messiah, God, Jesus Christ, our life that is promised us, lying in the manger. That story of Christmas is so much more than just a good story. It's inspiring, it's endearing. It's a life-changing story for those that accept it, that accept his name. It's a world-changing story. You know, I have, I have my list of my books that I'm not going to reread. Yeah, no, no big deal. They don't need to be reread. But this story of Christmas is not fiction. It's a true story. It's a story for eternity. It's one that is vital to be repeated and be retold. To not let it grow old. Every year to find yeah, something new, something inspiring. And if we're looking at that story, say, well, I know that story. Read it again. Open up your heart and read it again. And then tell somebody else. The story of the manger is just one chapter of that story from eternity to eternity. Jesus Christ was here in the beginning. Jesus Christ is where we want to be heading in the end. And we're called to sing and shout this story with joy. Our Messiah, our Redeemer, our loving and holy God, the one who saves us from death, the one who restores us, is here. Christmas morning, the day after Christmas, the week after Christmas, Jesus Christ is here, yesterday, today, and forever. Let us sing with joy over and over and over again. Amen.